Hi, I'm Dylan. I'm Sarah. I'm Derek. And we would like to welcome you to Planet Bob, where we talk about the movies and shows that made their way to our little corner of the galaxy this week. Alright, here we are back again. I guess this will be officially episode 31. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> what a quick week. <laughs> yeah, so we talked about seven. Now we're going to talk about Fight Club. Because David Fincher is great. Yeah. We could do this all month. <laughs> yeah. The next one could be uh, Gone Girl and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Just fill this month with fun movies. So I just want to start off with saying that Meatloaf is awesome. Yeah. I also want to start off by saying that uh, Fight Club is a really dark comedy. It's 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 funny if you look at it the right, through the right lens. Which you did? I did. But I never really thought of it as comedy before. I heard them mention it on, on one of the commentaries. Yeah. I never thought of it as a comedy, even though there's some really funny moments in it. Well, it's hard to pin down what the hell it is. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's a mindfuck through most of it. Pretty much. Well, I know I had to be convinced to watch it when I was in high school because I saw the cover and the title and I was like, Dirty Soap Fight Club. Yeah. Probably not something I'd give a shit about, (laughs) right? So, and I found that's the experience with a lot of women. Like, trying to convince my mom that this is a good movie, like, she still hasn't watched it. No? Like, you will like this, watch it. I had the same issue with, um, the car one. Uh, Clint Eastwood... Oh, and Grand Torino. Grand Torino. Yeah, that's a good movie. That I know. Movie. I thought it was about cars. Didn't really care. Yeah. Right? And then Didn't realize we watched it. Was it was like, holy shit, this is like the best movie racist. ever. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. We'll have to do that one too at some point. Yeah, definitely. That's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I would totally do that movie. I still, I've tried to convince Sarah to watch the rest of it, but I can't get her to do that one. Well, we watched part of it, and then still that one wasn't, I wasn't it, that big. Which was a huge bummer. The Wrestler. Oh, yeah. With Mickey Rourke. Yeah. It's a huge bummer of a movie. But it is, yeah. It's very well done. I don't really like bummer movies. Unless the topic interests me. Right. And the life of a wrestler isn't my bag. I'm more like, sit down, you have to watch Schindler's List. You'll it's never feel bit, like well, watching this. I found it was more it. than just about him wrestling. It was about him trying to... Yeah, wrestling is just what he did for yeah. him. It was more about his terrible life. Yeah. You know, okay, maybe, maybe what it is is that I deal with horrible stories about horrible families in uh, real life, be, yeah. like, every day. So I'm like, mm, I'll watch you. Makes sense, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have it, but we, we don't really watch it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not interested in that one. one yeah, it was, it was a good movie, but it's not one that I'll just throw on. One that I do want to get her to watch is on. There Will Be yeah. Blood, though, because I haven't got you to watch There Will Be Blood yet. No, it confused me, I didn't know what's happening. It's just about a terrible oil tycoon. Being a terrible, terrible person. Yeah, see, I kind of want my terrible people to be funny. Like, always sunny. He, he's kind of funny in a really dark way. His speech about <laughs> drinking up your milkshake. It's kind of weirdly funny. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're not Because you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> it's not working, though. No. <laughs> no, I'll just put it on one day and make her watch it. Probably gonna go on the internet. <laughs> That's what you do all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really is. I mean, we're sitting here recording the podcast, and you got your computer right next to you. I'm not on it, though, now am I? Not yet. But that's good, because if we need to look up something on Google, yeah, Google, yeah. it's right there. And then if I need to, we've got the big screen right over that's here. That's true. We're all set up. We're covered everywhere. Yes. Yeah, we, we're consumerist assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the people in this movie would hate us. You are not your big screen TV. You are not your laptop. <laughs> I, uh... 
I think it's odd that people think that Tyler represents the idea of letting things slide, even though he is all about control. He controls everything from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. Yeah. Right up until Ed Norton shoots himself. Is that why the penguin says slide? That's that's why the penguin becomes Marla. Marla really lets things slide. Marla doesn't care about anything. She's she's a real nihilist. Yeah. Tyler is just, just what people around. think a nihilist should be, but he's not really. He's not a nihilist, and he's not. Well, because he does care. He cares very much about not being a consumerist and not. Yeah. Partaking in regular society, whereas Marla's just like meh. And he ends up <laughs> being exactly what he opposes. He's he is himself a system. He's the controller of the entire system under him. The only person who knows what's going on in Project Mayhem is Tyler Durden. Well, that's that's what I was saying to you on Facebook today. He's a dictator. Yeah. Like, you all do exactly what I say and follow me without question, and I will rule you. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And you don't get to know what we're up to. No, I'm not going to tell you. It's a secret. Don't talk about it. And that's part of the reason why I sometimes feel like Marla is also another part of his psyche, even though in the book that really doesn't work. I'll get to that later, but in the movie I, I almost feel like she's she is actually the true representative of the idea of Slide in his mind. She never interacts with anyone except Ed Norton and Tyler Durden. Yeah, but she does recognize that the people are there. Why are you here? And she yells at the people coming in to save her, and they ask her questions. People coming to save her? Yeah, when... Like, they, we gotta call it someone took a lot of pills. And she's like, oh, it's that woman down the hall. She's horrible. Yeah, Don't but, save her. Yeah, but if if she is a delusion like Tyler, then that scene never happens. Because Tyler and Mar- Marla are both delusions. Yeah, I don't think she's a delusion at all. No, she's not. But I just feel like she is sometimes. I like I like to play with the idea that she is. But in the book, it's made clear that she's not. Because the fat that they used to make soap at one point is from Marla's mother's fridge. Why does Marla's mom's fridge have fat? She's going to use it for lip injections or something. I heard them talking about it on the, one of the commentaries today. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, haven't read the book. But she's storing her own fat to be injected into into herself. Whatever it's cheaper. Other parts of her own body. Good idea. I mean, apparently there, there were... Another thing they talked about on the commentary was how they were having problems in BC or something. They were removing liposuction fat at a rate faster than they could get rid of it. So they, I guess they would try to burn it off, but they they were pulling fat out of people so fast they like they couldn't keep up with it. They couldn't burn it fast enough. Really? Yeah. Where in BC? I think that's what they said. Oh yeah. And this was like two thousand. We should just render it. Nine, yeah. And then we can make fries in it, and it'll be like soil and green. Everything's fine. It'd be less like soil and green because soil and green was actually people. Well, that's people. <laughs> Not just their fat. Their adipose tissue. What? The adipose tissue is fat. That's what I said. But I, Soil and Green is... What happened here? They take, I don't know. In Soil and Green, they take whole bodies... I know. They, yeah. And this is just their fat. Yeah, but it's still people. Part of people. It's still people. <laughs> you wouldn't eat someone's foot and say, I just ate a part of them. I didn't eat actual people. I would if I was in Canada <laughs> Musical. Like, if I... If I ate a steak, i say I ate beef. fucked up. And I'll say, it's okay, I just ate a part of a cow. I didn't eat the whole cow, so I didn't eat beef. What part do you want? I don't know, not the butt. <laughs> not the butt. <laughs> well, what kind of piece do you want? Well, not butt. <laughs> <laughs>
Have you ever seen that Cannibal the Musical? Probably not. No. We should do that one. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. After we do two more or less popular movies, we're going to go do uh, almost unknown movies. Matt Stone and Trey Parker's first thing they ever did yeah. in college. Yeah, the college. Then film. they made South Park after that. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> anyway, back to Fight Club. Yeah. Okay, so you know when they're talking about all the jobs that Tyler Durden does, like he, how he's like a guerrilla terrorist waiter and like a movie splicer yeah. projectionist? Do you think Ed Norton does all those jobs? Or does he just make it up? Yeah, I, I think I think as Tyler, he does those jobs. Yeah, like you think he's actually going there at night and working there? Yeah, and I think that's why, why you're seeing splices of Tyler in the film. Like every now and then you'll be watching a scene and you'll see one frame of Tyler on the screen. Yeah, the beginning gone. of it. Up until you meet him for real. You're seeing little flashes of him. I think that's in part because of that. That's like... Ed Norton doing it? Yeah. Ed Norton mm-hmm. is inserting him into his own life. The same way he inserts single frames of pornography into children's movies at night <laughs> as Tyler. Because you'll, you'll, he meets a couple guys from another fight club later in the movie and they're talking about, I hear he only sleeps an hour a night. And that's probably true. That hour a night is the transition time between the narrator and Tyler Durden taking over the body. Well, and do you think that the... Do you think he was always crazy, or do you think the lack of sleep made him that way? I don't know. I was wondering that, too. Like, what? Because watching it. I wonder if he would actually go crazy. Oh, you would, for sure. Yeah, it does, it does start messing with you after a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure, because whatever, whatever mental illness he has isn't a real mental illness. It's closest to dissociative identity disorder, but it's not quite... Yeah. Like, he doesn't have headaches or anything. He doesn't do violent... Like, he doesn't go out and do violence for violence's sake. Well, no, he just has other people do it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's kind of scary how fast people follow him. Yeah. Because the other people don't see what we see. Like, we see two guys fighting. Yeah. And it makes sense. They're seeing one dude beat the hell out of himself. Yeah. Yeah, the first And then they're like, yeah, let's get on this. I don't understand the first two guys you recruits, but after that it would be easier. Yeah. Because apparently, uh, when they have their first homework assignment, when they go out and they're supposed to lo- pick a fight and lose it, they recruit members through that. Because the the fight that we see immediately after that scene is between the, the priest and the guy who's spraying with the hose. Oh, really? And the priest is the one that wins the fight. He chokes out the guy who had the hose. <laughs> and then he's like, he's just elated that this is the greatest thing he's ever done. The priest? Yeah. Nice. Well, it's like how they talk about the, the copy guy who can't remember what color pen, pens you ordered, <laughs> but he's a god when he beat the, the maitre d' of some, some restaurant. It's like, in when you're in Fight Club, you're a totally different person. He's not a priest in Fight Club. He's just a dude. He's another lost soul that's been taken in by Tyler, bought into Tyler's bullshit. When I like all the hints that they give throughout that Tyler isn't real. There's like... Or Tyler <laughs> is Edward Norton, like when they're in the hospital and... <laughs> he says, oh, we fell down some stairs And, and, and Norton's like, sometimes thing. Tyler speaks for me like, Yeah Yeah, he does <laughs> Or uh, when we don't see his face at all When, like, someone is fucking Marla Yeah And then he wakes up from this, like, memory of it Yeah To hearing it And it's weird Well, and when, uh <clears throat> When uh, Ed Norton's 
boss's boss confronts him about the the Fight Club flyer that he finds in the in the copier. He you could see him switch into Tyler Durden for a second, like his whole demeanor changes, and then you hear na- narration Tyler's words coming from my mouth mm-hmm. when he's when he's uh, like ripping into his boss about not <laughs> coming to me with all this shit. Yeah, <laughs> any stupid thing you find in the copier. <laughs> Like, there's so many hints in this movie about what's going on, but I, I don't know anyone that actually put it together before, before yeah, they I got to the no. end. No, I never did either. Like or, they, like, when, when Tyler goes to Marla's house, and she acts like she knows him when she's talking about the death rattle, and Ed Norton puts the phone down, and Brad Pitt picks it up. Yeah, yeah he walks in, there. she's not startled at all that he's there. Yeah, she's like, oh, did I call you? Like, yeah. like she knows who he is, and we don't question, because we're like, wait a minute. Brad Pitt has no idea yeah. who she is, and she doesn't know him. Yeah. So that should be a stranger interaction than it is. Yeah, she should have been like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. It was someone different, right? But yeah. You don't pick up on it, though, like you say. You just There's a couple points in the movie, too, where, uh, regarding that scene, when they're leaving, where the characters talk about themselves in the third person and just rip right into themselves in the third person like she talks about herself being human waste and infectious human garbage she's a monster she's infectious human waste good luck trying to save her and that's how she views herself but when is this i don't remember this when they're leaving her apartment and the police are coming she's like good luck helping her mm. she's infectious human waste yeah but like there's a couple times where the characters will talk about themselves in the third person and they're like not complimentary things they're saying. <laughs> well, and I like how they write it so that Tyler protects himself all the time. Yeah, don't, don't, don't talk, talk to, to her, her about me. me. Yeah. So Tyler is essentially protecting Ed Norton. Yeah, from being discovered as a crazy person. Yeah, which is strange. <laughs> yeah, that, that his delusion knows he's a delusion. Yeah, and is trying to protect him from that. Yeah, fact. which is another reason that it doesn't really work is dissociative identity disorder. They shouldn't well, yeah. be aware of each other? No. Yeah, they would, they're not friends. No. No, they don't converse with each other. They don't have one personality talking to each other. Well, when he beats the hell out of himself in the boss's office, and he says, for some reason I thought of my first fight with Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Another like, yeah, because thing. you were beating yourself up again. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the first time you watch this movie, you're like, I don't get that. Why is, why is he even saying that? Why is he reminded of his first fight with Tyler? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, when you watch it, too, and you look at things from Marla's perspective, the interactions between her and, and Ed Norton after, after scenes where she's been with Tyler, it, he just seems insane. The things he's saying just seem like a complete asshole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what do you get out of this? What do you get out of What does a, a weak person get out of latching on to a strong person? Like, he, like she, to her, he's talking about himself. But he's talking about Tyler in his, in his mind. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't view himself as strong at all. Yeah, it's weird. But, like, no wonder she gets so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and takes the asshole tax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's based on a real thing. Like, uh, I can't remember who it was. Either the, the writer of the book or the movie said that he... That was from a real experience that he had. Like, someone owed him money and... So he, he took some money from them or said he's like, this is asshole tax. Or no, they, they lent him money, but they were a huge dick. So he's like, I'm just taking this as asshole tax. Really? I'm not paying this back. <laughs> well, I think it's neat to you that Chuck Palahniuk said when he wrote the book 
because he went to work one day after being beat up and how no one would talk about it and no one would look him in the eye or no one would ask him how he was doing because that's like a level of intimacy that you don't want to get into with some of the people you work with. Yeah. So everyone's just like, oh, hey, how are you? How was your weekend? Like, act like Can nothing happen, is wrong yeah. at all. <laughs> Which is funny to me because we, we don't do that at work. Like, we've had a couple kids come in, like, in a bad way. And we're like, yeah. what happened to you? Yeah. You've all seen Fight Club, haven't you? <laughs> well, no, it's just, but it's, it's interesting because you do get that kind of stale workplace environment, like fake life fake friends sort of thing that they were talking about and yeah no one asks Ed Norton about anything except that one guy and it takes him a while yeah to really get into it whereas like really someone should probably be calling HR and finding out if this guy's alright <laughs> there was a, a huge clue pretty early in the movie too uh, right after the narrator's apartment is blown up he calls Tyler and no one answers and then the phone starts ringing but you can't start 69 to pay phone. So that could never happen. So he called a number and then just talked to himself on the phone. <laughs> I imagined it ringing. I, uh, in the commentary, they they talked about the splicing, splicing of pornography. Yeah. And I guess the, the writer knows a person that actually did this in real life. Oh, really? And apparently the prints are still out there somewhere with the one frame of porn spliced into them. Yeah? So these film... Films with one one frame of porn exist out there somewhere. <laughs> That's funny. So if you find them, you have a connection to this movie. <laughs> well, they're probably all gone now because no one has any. No, those projectors are huge. Projectors. Yeah. You, like. So why independent cinemas are going bankrupt? You wouldn't have those kind of films in your home. They're too big. Oh God! Yeah, no, you can keep those. No, that's crazy. <laughs> I wrote that the first fight is comedy because they're just so bad at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right in the not ear. In the yeah. You said shoot him, not in the dick. <laughs> That's from South Park for people who don't know. <laughs> I have that the uh, the torn bag of fat is disgusting. Yes, that is the, that, that was... to me is the most disturbing part of the movie. Yeah, and then trying to catch it. Yeah, I just think it's hilarious. Like, uh, they they pump the fat out of their asses and then we sell it back to them at a premium. Yeah, genius. Yeah, and I guess they they were when they were filming that scene, they they wanted that lady to come, that lady's face to show up at exactly the time when he said selling their fat asses back to them. Yeah, <laughs> like it's funny though. Like I feel like you watch this movie when you're young and kind of you know full of piss and vinegar, and you're like, yeah, boo, consumerism, and then you grow up and you realize like, no, this movie's ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like it is a comedy and it's it's silly and. I mean, there are definitely issues with consumerism, and he makes some good points, yeah. but, like, you can't take down the world as we know it with anarchy. Like, it's just not... Yeah. It's not gonna work. Like, you're not going to improve things by blowing up every credit Fine. card building. Yeah, or like, financial district in New York or whatever, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it wasn't... It wasn't even... It's, it's supposed to be any, yeah. any city, USA... But they, it's supposed to be a specific place, but I can't remember where it is. But it's where all the all the uh, hubs of the credit card companies are. That's why those are all... They take down those buildings because they're, they're all the major credit card companies. They're the main servers or whatever, records rooms and shit. So once they take that down, everyone's credit score is reset to zero. There's no, no credit anywhere, which would cause 
definitely cause anarchy in a capitalist society. Well, the stock market crashed and everyone killed themselves. Yeah. This and would be there worse was a decade that. of... This would be worse than that. <laughs> depression. Yeah. Like, it's not better. No. It's not better. I'm sorry. In Tyler's view, it is, though. Yeah, but... It's so messy. Even Ed Norton knows that's not okay. No. <laughs> well, that's part of the reason that he kills Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Tyler's gotta go. He's like, I wanted to just back off of consumerism and it took it too far. Yeah. But I guess that's the lesson, right? Like... All things in moderation. Yeah, that's a little extreme. Yeah. yeah just a little. Yeah, yeah, just a touch. Food, shelter, a couch, like, that's not the worst things in the world. No. No. <laughs> well, no, because he, he goes from one extreme to the other in, in a pretty quick period of time. Yeah. Because when, uh, when Marla shows up at the house, he's only been, it's only been two months. She's, she makes a comment about he hasn't been to his groups in eight weeks. Yeah. And he stopped going when he met Tyler. So it's only been two months for him to go that crazy. Go from complete consumerist to total nihilist. That's what I want to know, like, what his breaking point was. Because there had to be something. Because it did happen fast. Yeah, I don't know. It was like a slow build. It was like... Whatever it is, we don't see it. I know. I want to know, though. Because, yeah, we don't, we don't see any, any, anything that should push him over the, over the edge. Not really. He's just not sleeping, and then suddenly Tyler shows up. <laughs> yeah. Everyone out there gets sleep. Yeah. Yeah, or you're going to turn into a crazy anarchist. Next yeah. thing you know, you'll be fighting yourself. <laughs> you read the book, Dylan? I did not know. No? I just, uh, one of the commentaries on our DVD is the, the screenwriter and the, the novelist. I just wondered maybe if there was more in the book about why he went crazy like that. I, I don't think so. I, no. Well, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't go into detail because the twist at the end of the movie is the same as at the end of the book. Yeah. And you can't in in a novel too. It's harder to to lay clues without giving things away. I think because your everything is verbal, right? Yeah. If you describe the character too much, maybe you know. He looks too much like the main character that could, that could give things away. Speaking of verbal, we should totally do Usual Suspects sometime also. Yes. Throwing that out there. That goes more with our last episode, but yeah. <laughs> since Kevin Spacey was actually in that one. That's true. <laughs> Kevin Spacey being awesome. Well, yeah, I guess I was saying that he was kind of pulling a verbal, because when yeah, he's when like... Yeah, he falls off the roof. Yeah, when he falls off the roof and he's running away from Brad Pitt, he's like... Kind of limping. I'm like, oh, 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 he's gonna turn any second. <laughs> there's like, this is where he becomes verbal kint. I'm no, like, I said that's where he becomes Kaiser Soze. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that could kind of work, except he's totally dead at the end of this movie. <laughs> oh, you should put in some kind of spoiler warning because I just fucked up the ending. Of oh yeah, suspects were involved. That's true. <laughs> Sorry, I honestly didn't mean that one, guys. Although that movie is like 15 years old. Well, and I mean that spoiler is on the like. Spoiler T-shirt you can buy. Yeah, where it's like Darth Vader's Luke's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Sose. Bruce Willis was dead all along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The others are ghosts. That movie's terrible. <laughs> what movie is that? The others. Never seen it. Uh, uh, the village is in modern society. What's her name? Nicole Kidman. Yeah. She's like uh, 18th century. 19th no, century? her husband was in like. The war, so like 1920s, I'd oh, say. Was it that, she, was it that late? I figured it was the 1910s. Yeah, the tens. The tens. But yeah, World she's like her and her kids are ghosts, but they don't know it through the whole movie. Oh really? I don't care if I spoil this because it's a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> the only part of the movie that I like is at one point she's going, th- she's like 
she hears noise on the other side of a door, so she's creeping up to it. And then all of a sudden, the door bursts open and smashes her in the face. She goes flying through the air. It's oh, the man. funniest thing I've ever seen. They think there are ghosts in the house. Yeah, they think they're ho- their house But is the ghosts are actually the people who are alive and living there. Like, her, her daughter is um, super allergic to the sun, so they have to have curtains up. Yeah. And then one day she wakes up and all the curtains in the house are gone. But it's because the owners, current owners, took all the curtains down. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also weird because there's three other ghosts there that know they're ghosts but don't say anything. Really? Yeah, because they have to tumble to it themselves. They just kind of keep up the illusion until they can figure it out for themselves. It's a good idea with mediocre. Yeah, execution. Execution. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea way better than I like the movie. It always sucks when that happens, eh? Yeah. But yeah, it's like these movies. Like if you don't know the ending to these yet. Yeah, I mean these seven was out in '95. Yeah, Fight Club was out ninety nine. Like that's yeah for a movie that's twenty years old. Yeah, you're you're way outside of the spoiler free zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you manage to make it this far, you owe it to yourselves to watch the movies. Yeah, well, that's like someone on Facebook was saying, uh, "Oh, you should watch Requiem for a Dream," and I said, "Oh my god, that movie's so depressing. The dude that loses his arm makes out the best. Like that's horrible." Yeah. And then the girl got mad at me. What about spoilers? Oh my god! I'm like, you really? Seen it now, it's your own problem. That like movie came out in like 1992. Like, <laughs> Were you what really have you been doing? That? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, if you're really that concerned about a spoiler, like maybe watch the movie. Yeah. Like, guess what? Rosebud is a sled. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe watch Citizen Kane. Yeah, they talk. Like, come on. I can't remember Simpsons which commentary ruined that it was. For me One of the commentaries I listened to today, they, they talk about Rosebud being the sled. Come on. Well, every, everyone knows. Come on. Yeah. Can't get mad about that. Yeah, if you don't know that Rosebud is a sled by now, you were probably never going to watch Citizen Kane. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, who watches Citizen Kane? Yeah, University people. I throw it on once a week. Yeah, once a week you watch <laughs> Citizen Kane? I had to watch it four times in a row to write a paper on it. I do not think you're watching it once a week. I'm going to call you on that one as bullshit. Right now. I watched, this, <laughs> I watched Fight Club four times the last two days. There you go. Yeah. But Fight Club is not Citizen Kane. No one is watching Citizen Kane once a week. Nobody. <laughs> Orson Welles would watch Citizen Kane once a week, and he was in it. Fair. It's a good movie, but no one's doing that. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. But I know the, I know the, I know the twist. Yeah. <laughs> Big old hand quotes over here for people who can't see it. The twist. What's a twist? Uh, I made a note here that uh, Lou's not happy that Tyler's using the basement of his bar. <laughs> no, yeah, no, he's not happy at all. Who are you? Who am I? I'm fucking Lou. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love Tyler at the end. Which? Like, uh, am I clean? <laughs> yeah. Like, just freaking out. Yeah. You don't know where I've been, Lou! You don't know where I've been! <laughs> it's just classic. I love that scene. It's amazing. <laughs> You don't know where I've been, Lou. Oh my god! You don't know where I've been! Like, it's hilarious. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people don't. I I watch it with some people and they don't laugh. I'm like, how can you not laugh? It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Maybe it was the blood. Yeah, maybe. Because they talk about it on the commentary, the writer's commentary, and they're they're talking about how it grosses. I think it was a screenwriter out. Oh, yeah? Thinking about the, the blood and, and stuff going all over the guy's face and yeah. his mouth. It is really gross. And I guess when they were filming the scene, all the stuff that was dripping off Brad's face was going into dude's mouth. Yeah. 
fake blood doesn't taste good. Well, it's like that executive for Fox who was really upset that um, Brad Pitt has the rubber glove on. Yeah. When they're getting it on, when he opens the door. Because she was really grossed out by it, but the test audience loved it. They all laughed. They thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And then the audience just thinks, why has he got the glove on? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And then the the scene when... Marla and Tyler are banging, and yeah. then she was supposed to say, um, I want to have your abortion, and they thought that was totally inappropriate. The thought I was wrong. Yeah, so, so he's like, okay, well, I'll write another line then. So that's when he said, I haven't been fucked like this since grade school. <laughs> and then she was, like, more disturbed by that line. But David Fincher's like, too bad, you told me to rewrite it's it. Already it filmed. It's done. Yeah. It's done. Helen Bonner <laughs> Carter didn't even get the joke, because she she's English, and they don't have... The same school system we do. Oh. She didn't understand that grade school is primary. Yeah. Elementary. Like elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> so she she didn't understand the joke until well after the after she filmed it. <laughs> so people were busting up on the set and she didn't get it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, they're like year year one. Like, yeah. That's how they do it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's very confusing. Well, their whole system is different. And then yeah, there's like high school is like seven grade seven to eleven or something. It's a series of exams. Yeah, Neely can tell me more. She works there. I'm still confused. Yeah, if we get if if we ever convince Neely to be back on the show, she seemed kind of unwilling the first time that we made her. Yeah, we could do <laughs> Harry Potter. There you go. She was just there at the wrong time, I think. Well, and she hadn't seen what we were talking about. I don't think recently. She she just happened to be in the room, or we were doing a double detox or something. I don't remember. But she happened to be there, and we just happened to be she happened to be there on record night and. Didn't seem like she was that interested in being there. That's the rules. If you're on record night, you're in. You're on the show, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Great books? Yeah. She likes being on the show. You're internet famous, buddy. (laughs) Just you. We aren't. No. (laughs) We had a picture of her on the the page somewhere, and we'd get famous. Yeah, people like... Cute pictures of dogs? Yeah, exactly. Get a picture of her. We might as well give up. Get a picture of her with her tie on? Yeah, next to the microphone. Yeah. (laughs) Now we're talking. Okay, I'm going to start a third podcast, The Boob Report. The Boob Report. <laughs> Just her panting. Yeah. No, I'll do it in and character barking. as Boog. I'll talk about the news of the, the day and we, in, in like, from the dog's perspective. <laughs> from the dog's in perspective. In character as the dog. <laughs> if you don't do that, I'm going to be disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I kind of want to do a test one. <laughs> Is that how bored you are, Dylan? <laughs> I do have a lot of time to kill during the day now <laughs> Which is why I was able to watch Fight Club Four times the last 24 hours Yeah <laughs> You don't have to be a part of that one Anything else? Although I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a part of it Yeah you can be if you want to be You can be one that, boog that's What got, am I supposed to do? That's got favorite You can be interviewed by the dog You can be I don't You can be interviewed by the dog Yeah by boog <laughs> no. That's good <laughs> Dylan, that's got to happen, seriously. <laughs> so, so how was how's your day today? <laughs> just a really fucked up podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just by far the most bizarre we've done. <laughs> we're just saying something. Yeah. What were you going to say? I don't know. What else are we going to talk about that's on topic? I don't know now. I'm all on the dog podcast. So. <laughs> dog. The dog cast. I made two notes about the, uh, the you don't know where I've been scene. First about him not liking the being in the basement, and then you don't know where I've been is hilarious. The first homework assignment is also really good. It's immediately after when he tells them that they have to get into a fight and lose. And then there's a little sequence of, of all the guys trying to get into a fight. Do you think the guys are just dumb? 
I think they're just looking for or meaning. brainwashed. They're looking for meaning. And Tyler is offering... They're like cult members. Uh, basically. Like, cult we are Robert Paulson. Like, his name is Robert Paulson. Really? And they just, they like, create that on their own. Yeah, they're not smart guys. But they're all no. like, they're supposed to be yuppies. So they're not stupid. But they're, they're, they're lost. I don't think they're yuppies. They're like working class dudes who are pissed off. Tyler's, the, Tyler calls them, they're supposed to be yuppies. A bunch of them are supposed to be yuppies anyway. But a lot of them are working class in the movie. Yeah, because they're all, like, disenfranchised people who are told they should want all of these things in their lives and then can't have it. They're and then people, they get pissed off and lash out. That's I think a lot happens. of them are like Ed Norton. They're, they're just existing. They're not living. And Fight Club, in their mind, gives them... They're alive when they're fight, at Fight Club. When they become part of Project Mayhem, they're alive. They have a purpose. Instead of just existing. So Tyler offers them a purpose, aside from, you know, just... Wading through through life, the mm-hmm. consumerist world. Let's take it all down. <laughs> <laughs> and then he offers a solution. I made a note here too about the thing that I mentioned earlier about how uh, Ed Norton's character refers to Tyler as representing Sly, but he really doesn't. He doesn't let go of anything. He has to control everything. He's representing what? 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 What, what is he representing? What am I saying? He's representing? Yeah, I don't understand what you're saying. Slide is the idea of letting go of the things that you have no control over, but Tyler won't let go of control of anything. He controls everything. Yes. So he doesn't represent what Ed Norton says that he does. Only in a, a weird... Yeah, but how does Ed Norton say that Tyler represents that? Because he actually says that he truly represents the idea of Slide, because he's... When does he say that? I didn't mark the time down, but he's, that there's a line. He's watched it four times. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Remember that. Okay, I'll go look. You guys talk. Well, we have to wait because we're waiting for you to get back to us on this and the dog podcast. And the dog podcast. It says here, uh, Tyler is uh, represents no fear, no distractions, the ability to let go of that, uh, to let that which does not matter truly slide. And he says this. Yeah, that's that's Tyler's first rule of innovate innovation. Yeah, but when he's talking about. Letting things slide, he means, like, the things that don't matter. Like, the things, like he says, that you own that end up owning you. Those things. Those are the things he wants to let go of. Well, he doesn't let go of anything, though. Tyler doesn't have anything. Except Ed Morton. And Fight Club and all the guys under him. He never has anything. He's not a real person. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you can't just, like, dismiss an argument because you're like, he's not a real person. He can have feelings, though. Like, he can have... Quotations and thought, but I don't know, I'm not. Okay. I don't agree. Okay. <laughs> wow. There's a, a huge, huge clue at, towards the end of the movie, uh, when they get in the car accident. Uh, Ed Norton was in the passenger seat, but when he climbs out of the car, he's climbing out of the driver's side. That's right, yeah. And the, the writer of the book is like, damn, you're clever, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess means that he didn't write that in the book. No, I guess not. I don't know if it's in the script either, if that just happened on the day, but I haven't read the script, but I assume it's part of the stage direction. In a movie in a movie like this, you'd feel like, I feel like almost everything is scripted. That would be purposeful, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Someone would be blocking that. There's someone in charge of making sure that all that shit stays the same. Yeah. Continuity specialists, I guess. Uh, script supervisor. Yeah, if something like that goes wrong, they're supposed to be on top of it. If someone gets out of the wrong door, they're supposed to be like, no, they're not supposed to get out of there. 
I made note of the his name is Robert Paulson thing. I thought we should start with that, but I totally forgot now. Until right now. Why would we start with that? Just just a chant. His name is Robert Paulson. Oh. <laughs> I just thought it'd be a funny way to start it. <laughs> but then I forgot. Way to go. Can always, up. It can always end on that. That's true. <laughs> I should have written it at the beginning of my notes. That would have made more sense. <laughs> Instead of my second to last note. That might have helped, yeah, actually. It might have helped. I made a note too that the reveal is masterful. I don't I don't there aren't too many movies that have a twist that works that well, that's that has that many clues pointing towards the answer, but you don't put it together until the very end. Yeah. And then you go back and you think, holy shit, there was so many clues that I missed. Because like, there's a lot that are really obvious. Like when you go back and watch a second time, like the flashes of Tyler and, yeah. and things like that. But then there's, there's more subtle things, like little bits of dialogue, like... My word, uh, Tyler's words from my mouth, that kind of thing. Yeah. Little things by the narrator that didn't make sense the first time around. Yeah, you don't really notice them when you first watch it. No, you're just trying to figure out what the hell's happening. Yeah, it's exactly. So, it's so uh, disconnected, the whole movie. Like, is, what is this movie? About? Yeah, you're like, yeah. What, what is the purpose here? Because, like, like, the title is Fight Club, but there's, it's not really about the Fight Club. No. It's more, it's more following Ed Norton through this crazy experience. It's, it's the story of him meeting Marla, really, when it comes down to it. Because it starts with him meeting Marla and it ends with him together with Marla. Watching shit blow up. Yeah. Watching the end of civilization as we know it. He even says right at the end, you met me at a very strange time in my life. <laughs> another clu- another thing that made me question whether Marla was real is her her appearance at some of the support groups. Like the testicular cancer. Why would she even be at a testicular cancer? Yeah, I was wondering what made her go to these things as well. And how did nobody Besides ever Besides the free her? coffee. Yeah, what set her and down the, the fact path. that it's cheaper than a movie. It might just be that, though. Like, she's so freaking weird that it might just be because she got free coffee and it was cheaper than a movie. Yeah. And yeah, and she doesn't care about anything, hence being at one for testicular cancer. Yeah. As a woman. And, I, and no one questioned it. No one said anything yeah. to her, except for Ed Norton, apparently. Well, that would be awkward and weird. Yeah. It would be like Yeah, and I guess people in those those kind of groups I guess people in those kinds of groups aren't really overly confrontational people. I don't know. I don't have experience with these things, so I can't really say. Well like they say later in the movie though, when everyone's trying to pick a fight, people avoid confrontation. People don't want to get in a fight, people don't want to Yeah. Do any of these things. So yeah, if someone is in this group that doesn't look like they belong here, everyone's like, someone gonna totally leave, no. Okay. I guess you can say that. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think someone else would question her, though. Like, yeah, I would. I would wonder what was up. Yeah. How Why long have you had uh, testicular cancer? Why is there a person smoking at the tu- tuberculosis meeting? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> if anyone would have asked, I figured Bob would have asked why. Why there's a woman there? But then Bob is kind of mousy too. Well, I mean, Bob has titties, so maybe figure she is in the same boat as he is. Bob has way bigger titties than she does. Awesome. Well, I mean, I don't think we, it matters what size your titties are. No, but I mean... <laughs> he has them. They're substantial enough that... Yeah. They're like maybe he's like, body. maybe she was a dude. Who knows? You yeah, know? I mean, I suppose it's possible she was trans... People would assume she's transgender. Yeah, could be. I don't know. I just, I think it comes down to people just don't want to get in other people's spaces. Yeah. They don't have to. Like, yeah, oh, probably I don't feel is. like getting into this tonight. Because, yeah, as much as people t- like to talk big... Most people don't want to get into a fight. You get you, you hear people talk big on the internet, but they wouldn't actually fight in real life. 
Well, and I like her argument, like, I have more right to be there than you do, because I don't have balls either. Yeah, you still have your testicles. <laughs> True. Well, I'm, I've been out of stuff for a while. Yeah, you got anything else, Derek? No, that's it for me. All right. Well, we did pretty good. We did two another two episodes in one night. Not bad. Sweet. We went a little off topic, but, I mean, that's us. It happens. Yeah. We didn't have a double D talk to Ben on, so... We did it on the main shows. That's right. Okay, so sometime <laughs> over Christmas break, we'll get together. Yeah, do you want to... Do we want to try to do, like, complete David Fincher and do Gone Girl and Dragon Tattoo? Or well, do we want to do something just later? if you want to do MCU, Brittany is home at Christmas. Right, yeah. Yeah, we should probably do that. And I think if we do Jessica Jones without Brittany, she'll be super pissed off. Probably. Okay, so we'll do a Jessica Jones, and then I guess sometime shortly after the new year, we'll complete David Fincher. Sorry, yeah. I was trying to stifle a burp. So watch <laughs> Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I was going to let your sister handle it. They're, what, 12 episodes? About 12 episodes. Okay, but they're seriously super good. Are they, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you'll, you'll have a hard time I think you'll like to them. stop watching them. And like I said, I think Mackenzie will like them, too. Yeah. They're just good stories. Well, and, and I like them because they have, like, a really good cast and... It's not an all-fucking-male cast, like whoa, always, which whoa, I like. Whoa, whoa. There's some awesome <laughs> lady actresses in there that are good. Quick, cut it off before Sarah gets in the man bashing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's women uplifting. Okay. Yeah, raising one up equal, when you lower the Equal other. is not... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because okay. it is pretty... It's pretty equal. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them have kind of like two main female stars and two main... Male stars. Yep. And like Vincent D'Onofrio is in um, the other one, and it's really good. Well, you can wrap it up. I'm just talking to him about how awesome this is. I know. I'm trying to say it's All right. Night. Peace out. <laughs> night, everybody. Bye. This has been Welcome to Planet Bob. If you know any shows or movies you think we should discuss, find me on Twitter at King of Bob. That's at King underscore of underscore Bob. And Derek, you can find me. At Lars M on Twitter, L A R Z M. And this is Sarah. I'm on Tumblr at Welcome to Planet Bob. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Welcome to Planet Bob. Thanks for listening to our show, and we hope you tune in next week. <laughs>